We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. And now I will pass it over to our speaker, Tamara Powell with ODMH SAS. Um, I am so happy to be here today and appreciate all of your attention and time. I am here today, uh, as Rhiannon said, with the Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services and specifically with Systems of Care. Systems of Care, um, as you know, um, is a large partner um, with OFN as well as several other um, members and partners who are on this phone call. And again, our focus is to really provide outreach to serve effectively families, youth, and children within our state. One of the um, efforts that we've really been working on internally to make sure that we are able to meet the needs um, of the individuals who are seeking services has to do um, with making sure that we are keeping our systems of care um, and network of care information um, up to date and most recent. I was hoping to share my screen. I'm sorry um, that I got in late on the slideshow deck. Um, I wanted to, and I'm happy to share this afterwards, um, just give everyone a um, quick overview of how the network of care really works, um, how to um, search by provider, by zip code, um, really, again, just to make sure that we are getting people the services they need within their own communities. Um, outside of the network of care, um, Systems of Care has also been working to provide additional trainings um, specifically to um, individuals and again, and family and children. Um, of course, this is a great example of one of those um, collaborative efforts that have been put together. Um, today, I was really hoping to also speak with you all about the Children's Behavioral Health Conference, um, which will be held in April, um, uh, April 11th through the 13th, actually, um, same place at the Embassy Suites in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, but we are excited about that. And again, I am really reaching out to you all to ask you, who would you like to see present? Um, what would you like to see? covered. Um, we do, again, have a very um, simple slide with some informative information, and I apologize um, again for that not being included this morning, uh, but I will get that to you, uh, where you would be able to make suggestions, recommendations, anything like that that you would like to see, um, whether it be for our families, for our general conference track, or for our youth. Uh, again, we really want to move forward with trying to meet the needs and intentions of those who are um, reaching out again and seeking services through us. Uh, in regard to the conference this year, um, we will be looking at um, substance use and disorders. 
Um, I do realize that last year we were a little light on that subject. So again, in looping back, we are trying to address um, those shortfalls where more content was requested um, to specifically offer again um, programming that our constituents um, are requesting. We are also going to be looking at a special populations track, um, specifically in regard to co-occurring disorders. Um, we really also want to highlight a collaboration and partnership track. Um, this would include individuals on this call, uh, of course, and would not be limited to just um, those speakers that are coming in. Uh, but we really want to highlight our partnerships, um, not just our partnerships with other state agencies, uh, but with entities like this for opportunities like this, uh, really reaching out to, to the community. Um, so again, if you have ideas in mind, if you have content in mind, I would love to speak with anybody and everyone who has ideas. Um, again, I will make sure uh, that my contact information and those quick cheater slides uh, that you just click on to get to everywhere you need to go um, are provided. And I am happy to take any questions um, that you have. And I would also like to offer um, as a systems of care community liaison, um, if any of you have any needs in your community for presentation or resources uh, related to ODMH, systems of care, or the ongoing statewide launch of the 988, I am happy to come to you uh, to present, to meet with you, to speak, um, to provide you with resources, any way that I can help. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there that I am happy to to come meet you where you are and let's have a conversation. Um, I do want to very specifically um, thank Terry Kinder for working so closely with me uh, on figuring out how to, again, best serve our youth and families uh, for our conference next year. Again, I apologize uh, for last year. There were several hiccups. Uh, it was my first year and I'm looking forward to year two having specific improvements put in place. Um, with that being said, this year, uh, OFN will be, again, taking over the registration aspects for the conference in regard to youth and families. Um, I very much appreciate that. We tried something a little bit different last year, um, and it, it was there were several hiccups. So again, I apologize, and I really appreciate um, Terry and Joni uh, and Rhiannon having those really specific conversations with me so that we can, again, identify those gaps uh, to make sure that we best serve our families and youth. So again, if you have any questions related to um, the conference that is in April, or the network of care, how it works, why does it work, what's going on, systems of care in general, training offerings, the 988, or just what's happening at the department. Uh, please do feel free to reach out to me at any time. And again, I'm happy to come speak with you. Thank you, Tamara, for sharing. And telling about the children's conference it is such an amazing thing that we do every year and we're so excited to be a part of it this year will be amazing there will also be a youth side so if you're interested in coming as a caregiver i mean your youth will be taken care of they'll get to learn about mental health work on coping skills workshops all kinds of things so if child care is an issue don't worry about it we got you covered um i would now like to pass the floor over to terry kinder and she'll fill you more in on cbhn network Thank you.
Good morning, everybody. So the Children's Behavioral Health Network is a collaboration of all of these great organizations, which include Oklahoma Family Network, Parents Helping Parents, Evolution Foundation, NAMI Oklahoma, and the Department of Mental Health. So first we're gonna talk about the Parents Helping Parents. Um, Parents Helping Parents, they provide education, resources, support groups for parents um, whose children um, no matter what age, are struggling with a um, substance use disorder of any kind. And they are also the Oklahoma, one of the Oklahoma um, National Federations of Family Chapters. So these are some of the things that Parents Helping Parents do. They assist with communities in organi organizing new partnerships. Um, they have support partners all over the state. They do virtual support group meetings, and they're part of the Children's Behavioral Health Network. They provide workshops, education, outreach, <clears throat> excuse me, consulting, training, and then they do a lot of social media um, outreach. And then they also have uh, conferences and special events to raise awareness, including Days at the Capitol. So NAMI Oklahoma is the, uh, Oklahoma's branch of the National Alliance of Mental Illness. This is a wonderful organization. And they provide support groups for peer-to-peer -peer support for families that have loved ones with a mental health condition. They do connections recovery support group, um, which is a peer-to-peer -peer support group for individuals living with mental, mental health conditions. They do advocacy to ensure health reform and mental health, and then engage in legislative advocacy, kind of like going to the Capitol for those days at the Capitol to bring awareness. And then they educate about public policy. Some of the free educational classes that NAMI provides. Um, NAMI Basics is a wonderful six weeks for, and it sounds like a lot, but honestly, six weeks for families that have a loved one with mental health conditions under the 18, uh, under the age of 18, sorry. Um, that's actually one night a week. So don't let that intimidate you from signing up. And then the family to family is the same. And then the home front is specifically for families that have a loved one in the military. Evolution Foundation is another one of our partners. They focus on building community coalitions with technical assistance. They do coalition trainings, trauma trainings, and they've actually provided some of our speakers here today for some of our sessions. They do training curriculum development, strategic planning, and they're just a really great partner in many different areas. And then Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network, um, some of the things that they do is we have staff all over Oklahoma and our, staffs, our staff are parents themselves with lived experience. We provide podcast and training, quarterly newsletters, and we do a parent-to-parent -parent matching. We are the parent-to-parent -parent network for the state of Oklahoma. We provide support groups and we also have SIB shops. Some of the trainings that we do are care notebook trainings telling your story, supporting parent training, and then um, advocacy and leadership. We provide a, or we help provide because it's a joint effort, Joining Forces Partnership Conference, um, which is a statewide conference for parents and professionals. And it's planned by parents and professionals. Um, some of the Zoom sessions that we provide, it provide are developing a family advisory committee, sitting on boards and committees, and then also we do awareness events and we do lots of different, um, lots of different uh, 
types of events online that include family involvement, like we've done the Hope Rings. We've also done um, Calming Water Bottles. And these are some events that are coming up. Uh, save the date for joining forces will be March 31st this year, 2023. And then um, we are going to have a virtual family summit for, um, sorry, this slide is really terrible, um, to provide feedback on child welfare. And that is going to be January 19th, 2023. And then NAMI will be having a annual conference on January 28th. And we will send these out so that you guys will have the links to all of these. Um, and this is going to be, let's talk about mental illness. And then also Parents Helping Parents will be hosting a Renew You conference on February 22nd, 2022. So lots of great information, lots of great things coming up. And this was a very brief overview of what these organizations do. I know I kind of sped through it, but I don't want to take up any time from Heath because I know he has a lot of great things to talk about. So with that being said, if you guys need any more information on any of the agencies that we covered, please feel free to reach out to one of us. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Mr. Heath Hayes. Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity to share and also learn, uh, allow me to join a little bit early so I can hear all the great things. Tamara, you're, you speak to my heart when you talk about network of care. Thank you for being an advocate of that uh, service directory and that platform. And also just to hear all the wonderful, amazing things that we got going on. It's 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 great. It's it's a good time to be in mental health, um, for sure. And and one of the things that I get to talk about um, right now is is the the 98 mental health lifeline launch. And I am happy to say that we have really knocked it out of the park um, in terms of um, our awareness of it and the success and outcomes associated with its its service. And so. Just to, to give you an idea and go through my, my typical spiel of it, um, 988 is a three-digit number that was turned on in July nationally uh, this year as an alternative to 911 when people are experiencing a mental health, um, emotional distress, or just needing some information, resources, and support as it relates to um, uh, wellness and emotional well-being. And historically, 911 has been the default de facto number, and so therefore law enforcement gets involved. Um, most of the time, because that's what's connected to 911 is emergency services, um, specifically law enforcement um, and um, uh, uh, IMSA. And so what we um, as a nation wanted to do is, is really change the conversation around um, access to mental health services and provide a different way for people to to connect with folks when they're experiencing emotional distress. And that's what 988 is, is, is designed to do. Every state has taken um, a different approach to how it's implemented and all of the services that are offered as a result of people interacting with 988. And fortunately, we live in a state where we have had tremendous advocates like yourselves um, and um, supporters like our governor and our, and our legislative body, and then um, smart people in seats like our commissioner, Carrie Slatt Hodges, to be able to, de de to design something that is, as I've been referring to, as a Cadillac version of what 988 is able to provide, which is um, um, you know, somebody to talk to, um, someplace to go if that's needed, and then also somebody to, to, to meet with you if that's what's also needed. So when you call 988, you get access to a licensed mental health pro professional, somebody who is trained um, either as a, as a licensed individual or, or who is trained as a, a crisis 
call specialist. And oftentimes people who are answering the phone also have lived experience with mental health and addiction issues, which is something that, you know, speaks to my heart. And so people answer that call, answer that call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or text, because you can also text 988. Um, and what, you able, what you're able to provide is immediate intervention over the phone, whether that be just connecting um, with you or providing a little bit more intensive intervention so that you can get um, the help that you need. Um, and, and there there's no there's no limitation on how long people can stay on the phone with you. We want to connect with you and stay connected with you until we either resolve the issue or identify a local resource, a treatment provider, a support group, something to get you connected um, to the system, because that's what um, we know we need to do. Because when people get connected to our system, we know that the outcomes are really good. It's so when people don't get connected to our system is when we see horrible things happen, like deaths by suicide and overdoses. And so we know that getting the number out is one of the biggest things that we can all do in educating the community on what 988 has to offer. So you get connected to this to this individual who's able to provide the intervention over the phone. And about 90, 91% of the time, that's all that anybody needs. They just need somebody to listen to. They just need somebody to talk to them. And they just need that identification of a local treatment resource, which is why that network of here is so important, because that's where the 988 call center is pulling from. That if your organization or your support system or your support group is not represented on that network of care, we might we might be missing the boat in terms of the comprehensiveness of what we are able to provide as a state. So just to kind of underscore the importance of that network of care. And so um, when, when we have that intervention over the phone, we're talking to somebody, um, we're able to connect them to their local resource or local treatment provider, um, their local support group. And, and that's not just done like, hey, call this number. Um, if that person is willing, they, they can even make a, a, a warm handoff, call for them, schedule the appointment. Um, next year, uh, this time next year, we'll have a little bit more technology integration so that where there's, um, say, a medical professional organization that has an electronic health record, we will be able to even schedule people's appointments from that call center so that you have, when you get off the phone, a, a, a time, a date, and a, even maybe a person who you're going to meet with um, so that you have the familiarity with not just, hey, the onus is on you to make that next step but we've actually made the, um, that connection for you. And the wonderful thing about the call center too is that that's not it. They also offer follow-up services. So they're gonna call you and attempt to engage with you at least five times after, you're, after you call in um, and are connected to a local resource to make sure that you made the appointment, to make sure that you have, um, what were, if you didn't make the appointment, what were your barriers when you experienced, what barriers did you experience on accessing that resource, which is really phenomenal because we know um, that closing that loop and um, making sure that people um, have have some type of support system in, in, in that regard is vital to the success of people, get, again, connecting to our system of, of treatment and support services. So, um, But if that's not enough, we have another layer. And this next layer is really something that, that was born out of the children's system, which is the mobile crisis response teams. Um, we are a leader in the nation in terms of our um, ability to lift up a program such as the uh, children's mobile response crisis teams. And so we leaned into that expertise and built one for the adults system too. And so when you call in 
over the lifespan, right? This is uh, this 98 number is for every single person, whether it's you yourself that is experiencing something or your child or your family member, your friend, your neighbor, whatever the case may be, you can call into 988. And, and if that is intervention that's able to be provided over the phone from the call center specialist isn't enough, they can dispatch a mobile crisis team. So a mobile crisis team is an, in a, is a face-to-face intervention. So it's a licensed mental health professional and a peer recovery support specialist. A peer recovery support specialist, just as a reminder, as a person with, excuse me, lived experience with mental health and addiction services, that goes out in, in a pair to help de-escalate the situation, stabilize the individual, and provide an intervention face-to-face. Now, this is a statewide coverage thing. So we have mobile crisis teams all across the state. I think there's about 15 uh, mobile crisis teams that we have partnerships, 15 organizations, not 15 teams, but 15 organizations that dispatch that that are dispatch partners for the 98 call system. Um, we have been, you know, really ramping that up and have provided over 800 mobile uh, crisis dispatched responses since July, which is phenomenal. Um, we've received over 16,000 calls, over 3,000 texts. So people are aware of the service. Um, they're using the service. It's producing wonderful outcomes in terms of stabilization and keep, keep, keep getting people connected to the treatment system and to the support system. But we have a long way to go. We want to see many more people calling 90 Day because the idea and kind of the design from our launch of the Mental Health Lifeline is, is very intentional. Why we call it the Mental Health Lifeline and not the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, because we want people to call before it's a suicidal attempt, before it's a crisis event, um, because we know that reaching out earlier and the process of uncertainty or emotional distress we will get connected to those resources resources and services that will prevent you from going into a crisis situation. And that's why we call it the mental health lifeline. And so calling at two o'clock in the morning because you're anxious, depressed, sad, lonely is an appropriate use of 988. Calling because you want to identify or you're curious about some behavior that, you're, that your child's experiencing, we want you to call 988. We want you to use 988. When in doubt, call 988. If it's not an appropriate use, they'll tell you and they'll, they'll connect you to that next kind of warm line or 911 because 911 and 988 are able to transfer calls back and forth. Now, this is a, an undertaking that we had um, a very little insight into, but we have really leaned into our partnership with Solari who's been operating a call center, crisis call center in Arizona for 10 plus years. And so um, they have kind of fine-tuned the relationship with law law enforcement and uh, 911 dispatches and has have produced some really phenomenal protocols and processes and procedures to make those transfers happen. And so we are um, um, working with all 206. There's 206 911 dispatch centers in Oklahoma, if you didn't know. I didn't. That's a lot. I didn't. We did not realize that that was the way that they were structured, but that is. And so we are working with each one of those 911 dispatches systems so that we can integrate and transfer calls back and forth and so that the person's receiving the appropriate response and appropriate um, co-response if that's what's needed. And so those mobile crisis teams um, dispatch across the state. But if that's not enough, we have another layer. Those, the next layer is our urgent recovery centers and our crisis centers. So um, just to kind of give you an idea what a familiarity with the urgent recovery center, it's kind of like an emergency room for mental health. Um, so people, it's a brick and mortar facility. People can walk in 24 hours a day, seven days a week and get some immediate response by a psychiatrist, a therapist, a nurse, a case manager, a peer to kind of stabilize whatever's going on, whether that 
is missing medications or needing a place to sleep for the night um, because you, you, you know there's been some um, things going on at home. Um, you have the ability to enter into those reco urgent recovery centers voluntarily, um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the idea is that you stabilize there and then you're again connected to community um, uh, outpatient services or treatment services or support services localized. Um, so we have been building and adding urgent recovery centers and crisis centers across the state. We've added 12 this year. We're going to add 12 more next year. Um, so we're really beefing up our, our presence of urgent recovery centers and crisis centers across the state. And um, I've actually launched a couple of family and youth specific urgent recovery centers, which is really phenomenal. And we're really proud of expanding that footprint and that space too. And so we have all of these things in place. And we're really excited about um, um, the success of it so far and getting the word out is the most important thing that we're trying to do right now. And so we have a way to do that. You can all be champions of this. You can visit our landing page, 988oklahoma.com. On there, you have resources, toolkits, downloadable materials, posters, coloring books, um, you name it. There is a, a, a plethora of things that you can immediately connect with social media graphics that you can download and share, um, print and share. We also have a lot of videos because at the essence, um, the, uh, at the core of the essence of this campaign that we're using, 988 as a launching point, is an anti-stigma campaign. So we're really leaning into the lived experience of people uh, from all walks of life who uh, self-identify of, ha of having challenges with mental health or having family members or friends um, and being supportive of people in, in the lives of those who are experiencing mental health and addiction challenges. Excuse me. And those videos are on our um, web, our, our landing page too, so that you can um, download and share or show or add to if you have interest or you have people who think you think would be a really good person to help um, capture their story in a way that's meaningful and that's used as an advertisement tool is essentially what's happening. Um, we, we would love and welcome that. We also have some uh, public service announcement videos on there, some that are designed specifically for the general population, some that are designed for youth. Um, we'll, we're adding to them. We have just uh, actually launched and signed a deal with um, a, a local celebrity who's going to do a Super Bowl ad for us. That's really cool. Um, wow, it's just a lot of things going on. And so uh, please connect with us on that web page. Follow us on all the social media channels. Share um, as much as you can, because getting the word out, getting the people aware of 988 is the most crucial thing that we need to be doing right now so that people have access to uh, the treatment resources and support services that we have really been leading the nation in this space. So I have, that's my spiel. I have um, time to answer questions or, or, or go into different aspects of what I've said or, or haven't said, um, if that is something that you all want to do. Keith, this is Joni Bruce, and I have a question for you. Yeah. Are, are schools able to call 988 on behalf of a child or child care centers, or if a grandparent has a child with them that is having difficulty? So yeah, 988 is for everybody. Um, the school can call it, the, you know, the, the community can use it. But I'll tell you that we have one uh, one level better than, than that with school systems right now because a, a, a House bill was passed this last year that requires every school to have a um, relationship with its local community behavioral health clinic. 
And what that relationship is, is to be responsive to those crisis situations. So um, in, in the instance where uh, there's something that going on at school, what our preferred method would be is for them to lean into their arrangement with that CCBHC so that they can have that immediate connection to that mobile crisis team so that it's there and available and that they can even through our prevention needs assessment and some of those MTSS kind of um, classroom management style things that we promote and that we um, try to embed across the state, we would really want those things to be activated before 988. But of course, getting the word out, having information available to the families, because there will, there will be things that happen in the family um, that are not during school time. And so having that number um, and that connection to that resource is very important. And, and getting it ingrained in our in our um, um, everyday working language, just like 911 is, just like stop, drop, and roll. All of those things that we all are very familiar with was it was designed um, to be part of our culture. And so that's really what we want to do with this 988 stuff too. Great. Thank you. So the question is, can we get a list of where the urgent recovery centers are? That's a great question. Um, on the network of care, <laughs> we have a digital map and a connection of all of our urgent recovery centers and all of our crisis centers. I'm trying to see if this is on the campaign page. Um, if it's not, I need to add it to it. Another question is, can you please explain what is a CCBHC? Yeah, a CCBHC is a Comprehensive Community Behavioral Health Clinic. And what this is, is a, uh, a new way of doing business, if you will, for our mental health treatment providers. And so they are able to um, beef up their staffing um, ratios. They're able to um, make sure that they more intentionally integrate different uh, recovery support services like housing and appointment services and make sure that addiction is a treatment services that's available within the structure of the organization versus having to refer people out for various things um, and then make sure that they're connected um, to, to the individual such that they're not going into the hospital all the time and, and, and really um, make sure that the community services provided to the extent that uh, if it needs to be an intensive service, it needs to be a wraparound services like the children's services are very familiar with doing that that is available for the individual. So it's a, it's a different way of doing business with those partners that we've had for a really long time. And we're the very first state in the nation to have um, complete statewide coverages for CCBHCs. And so um, you see um, the, the expansion of treatment services and the expansion of the workforce. It's because of our new model of the CCBHC. So all, uh, the, another question is, are, are all the calls answered locally in Oklahoma? Yes, that was a very important thing to us. And so when I when I mentioned that we partnered with an organization called Solari out of Arizona, our contractual um, contingency was is that they establish a presence in Oklahoma and hire only Oklahomans to answer Oklahoma calls. Because we believe that Oklahoma knows Oklahoma better. We know our nuances, our resources. We can speak the the language of Oklahomans more appropriately than Arizona. I will tell you one of the cultural differences that was very, uh, very apparent to Ari to Solari from Arizona was that we like to talk um, versus what um, what Arizona is experiencing in terms of their their call length of call even. Um, so that was an adjustment for them. They they um, didn't know that we had lots of things to say or that we were um, slower in our dialect. And you would think Arizona is not that far away. Why is it so different? But you think about Oklahoma in and of itself, there's very different 
There's a lot of difference within Oklahoma itself. And so, yes, all the calls are answered by Oklahomans. Um, and even our backup center um, is an Oklahoma backup center. So uh, if for whatever reason, you know, the call is missed and 99% of the time it's answered by Solari, there are, there are instances maybe when the phone lines are so busy um, that they rolls to the backup call center. That's very rarely happened in the six months that we've had uh, operationalized, but it's also answered by an Oklahoma um, nonprofit organization. So all the calls are answered by Oklahomans, yes. So the question is, if we live in a rural area and the call is answered in the OKC area, are callers routed back to a local rural crisis center? So the answer to your question is yes, everything is localized. And so based on your location, you might be talking to somebody in the Oklahoma City area, um, but when, when you're referred to a treatment resource or you are connected to a crisis center, you're connected to the closest treatment resource that's available that meets your needs. Any other questions that you might have? You might have stated this, but can you text the 988 number as well? You can. Yeah, just 988. Text it. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, we've received about 3,000 text messages so far. Is there anywhere anybody can provide feedback for 988 experiences that they've had? That's a good question. I don't know if we have that specifically. Um, you can always send me information. I'm like the, the 988 person for sure. But that, that's an interesting question. We could definitely, I know that there, there most likely is one for like the national 988 kind of feedback. But if you were wanting to provide information specifically to us and, and, and either like, I want to give a testimony or things like that. Um, I don't know if we have that opportunity available right now that's specifically outlined, but we can definitely add that to our, our, our campaign landing page. It's a good idea. The question in the chat said, you said that we are leading state for 988. How does our response numbers compare with other states? That's a really good um, question. So when I say that we're leading the nation, um, so there's certain metrics that are um, evaluated from the call center response. So this is a public facing dashboard, which gives some um, high level statistics regarding our call center operations. It's a rolling 30 day average. So in the last 30 days, we've received on average 2,770 calls. Our answer rate is 99.1%. So that means 99.1% of the calls were answered within 15 seconds, which this is a huge, huge indicator of success. So most other states, um are not in the 90s and i'll tell you when we were having the new the national suicide prevention lifeline that this was a metric that was also evaluated for the success of the national Su uh, suicide prevention lifeline this was typically in the 70s for oklahoma so we have um we have almost a hundred percent answer rate of, of that metric of getting i'm sorry 90 seconds it says see see this keeps me in check 90 seconds. So this is answering the, the call within 90 seconds. 99% um, of the time that call is answered within the first 90 seconds. So it goes through the call tree, right? So press one if you're a veteran, and then it routes to um, Oklahoma's. Um, so that the clock starts ticking as soon as you dial 988. And so 99% um, of the time that's coming straight to Oklahoma. And so every other, we're, this is the, 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 the metric that's evaluated the, the most stringently. And there are three other states that have a higher than 99.1% answer rate. And so we're the fourth 
in the nation from being able to answer that phone that quickly. Um, average speed of answer is usually 11 seconds. So even though we have 99% calls answered within 90 seconds, it's on average we're answering in 11 seconds. So that's pretty phenomenal, that speed. And then the stabilization rate, again, is another one. So 91% of the people who call is the telephonic support is all that they needed. They were able to resolve the professional answering the phone was skilled enough to be able to connect that person or resolve that person's situation and that moment to be able to not have to dispatch additional services. So that's another really important metric, 91% uh, of the time. On the research that we put into this before launch, it, on average, was about 80% of the calls would be stabilized, and that was the goal. So you can see that we're exceeding that goal substantially here. So these things are really what put us in the um, the one of the top tiered states of being able to launch this. And so you can also take a deeper dive into like, what are the top five referral sources, self being 66% of the time, which is, is what we want to see. We want people to be reaching out and calling and feeling comfortable to connect with us. Here's an average of calls volume by month and breakdown of that. People often ask, often also ask, why are people calling? So here's an idea of what, what are the presenting issues that people are calling about? So self-harm and suicidal thoughts, again, being the primary reason people are calling, which is a good thing that we want them, we want this group to, to be the, the most calling, but maybe it's coordination of care, maybe it's understanding what treatment services are available or access to, to specialties, um, depression, anxiety, and then you can see substance use has a percentage here, 2% of the call volume. And the last 30 days has been about a substance use specific issue or whether it's housing, domestic violence. So it, it gives you a little bit of a breakdown. And then here are the dispatched by month volume of our um, mobile crisis teams. So thanks for those questions. I forgot to show you that, but that again, this is a, a, a public facing dashboards that's on that website um, that I shared in the chat so that you all have access to um, um, live information about our success and our outcomes associated with, the, with it. When will we be able to compare suicide rates before and after the implementation of 988? So that's a really good question too. Usually um, the suicide rate statistics are a couple of years behind. And so we wouldn't know um, um, specifically the relationship of pre-988, post-988 um, for a couple of years. Do you think that we've like, uh, that everyone in Oklahoma knows about 988? And if not, what areas do we need to focus on advertising 988? I feel like I've been talking about 988 so long, <laughs> but I'm in my bubble, right, of, of, of awareness. But um, no, I don't think that everybody knows about 988. I do think a lot more people know about 988 today than they did six months ago or a year ago. Um, but um, I would say underserved populations and, and populations of higher risk. So um, men is, is our most, men age 35 to 65 are our highest demographic of those who um, die by suicide. And so um, you'll see some specific targeted messages that come out through paid media. And so that's what we spend a lot of our time on is, is, is figuring out how to reach those um, hard to reach or hard to, to take action um, populations. So that population, um, um, we have a higher prevalence rate of native of, of tribal members who are dying by suicide, um, the LGBTQ population, um, and then um, Latinx, uh, I'm sorry, Latinx and African-American population. So um, getting, getting the word out and strategically to engage those communities is something that we're working very hard to do. 
and then using um, the the power of social media and the um, the power of understanding people's demographics based on their cookies and their breadcrumbs and all of their web search behavior. It's, it's kind of scary, but it's also being used for good right now. So that's a good thing um, to, to better target people who are at higher risk. And so um, if, if you're not seeing 988 um, advertisements right now, it's probably because you don't fall into a demographic. But if you are, it's mostly it's primarily because we've strategized the way that you you would receive that message um, by prioritizing populations that are um, typically at higher risk. Is there anything specific that you have done to focus in rural areas that don't have billboards available? Um, yes, that's a great question. And so when we talk about trying to engage people with 988, we look at digital behavior. And, um, and where there is not a lot of digital behavior, we do other strategies such as um, gas pump nozzles. So in rural Oklahoma, we have 988 plastered over the gas nozzle, which is a really cool thing. I didn't know you could do, but you can. Um, we have pizza box topper stickers. So um, those companies that are partnering with us that deliver pizzas, because um, pizza is kind of a, 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 a universal food for most people. And so we, we've, we've, we've leaned into those relationships. Um, we have um, bar coasters. So we're in the process right now of getting coasters out to bars and to restaurants that have the 988 information on it. Um, and then we have coffee sleeve holders that we just, I just ordered 8,000 yesterday. So we're going to be disseminating those. And so, yeah, we've got some, some different um, methods and some different um, approaches to getting people uh, aware of the number. And, and those are some of the examples. But for those billboards that we do have in rural areas, we have a billboard specifically targeted toward um, uh, rural Oklahoma. And it says, even cowboys cry. And it's a really beautiful uh, imagery. Um, I, I just, I'm so in love with all of the artwork that we've been able to do with this campaign and, and the messaging that really just cuts straight to the point, simple and easy to understand. We've gotten a lot of great feedback from folks that have seen that specific billboard. Well, thank you so much for all this information and answering all of our questions. Um, we are so happy to have you here. Does anyone else have any other questions before we let Heath get back to his daily work? You know, one of the things that I've noticed that um, Oklahoma does a great job of when, um, like, I don't even remember the name. It's, uh, they do the trash cleanup poster contest, and then they make a calendar out of it. Uh -huh. um, has uh, the department considered doing something targeted towards youth, like some type of poster contest or something that would be I mean, because that in itself would spread awareness, them learning about what it is just to win something, you know, because I know a lot of times in rural areas, 4-H's, 4-H uh, departments and FFA and, uh, you know, small schools try to get involved in those poster contests because we have, I always see the uh, Don't Trash Oklahoma or the, you know, the posters about keeping Oklahoma clean and, you know, they make the poster contest out of them all so they could get in a calendar. And I was just wondering if you guys had done anything to kind of target um, youth to get them involved and help with, um, I mean, because advertising and on the other side of it to help with uh, the art side of it too. Thank you, Terry. That's a gr great question. And the answer is yes. And I could definitely use the help of this group to, to get this launched um, um, more widespread. And so 
on our landing page, we have coloring sheets. And those coloring sheets have different imagery about, you know, 988 and it's and underscores the importance and when you reach out and use this, use this system. We have coloring books that we have developed too, that we are turning into a calendar. And so the idea is that people um, will engage with these, these coloring sheets and these coloring books and then um, share their information. And there's a, there's a way to share it on the coloring pages um, to social media so that we can then create a calendar based on that. And so um, we're still in the you know early stages of what that kind of larger campaign would look like specifically around those coloring books and coloring sheets. But getting the getting those coloring books and the the awareness of the coloring sheets that can be printed and downloaded from the from the website even um, uh, is something that we need help with doing. And so, um, any any thoughts or ideas on how to do that or get the information out and, or the coloring books in the hands of folks, please let me know. So thank you so much, Heath, for your time. Thank you, Tamara, for your time. And we greatly appreciate you guys joining us today and giving us more information on the CBHN conference and on the 988. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.